Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 58th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Hans Zimmer's number one fanboy, Jaden. <laughs> I've mixed two. Amalgamation of names. Accidentally, yes. G'day. G'day. That was, that was a mistake. And Sleepy Jeff himself, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Good morning. Good morning. Well, so we reveal the time we record now. Oh, yeah. Oops. You know? That's what, if, what if we were to say, like, good, good 2 a.m. to you, you know? That's a real good right. one, Finny. Was it? No, you didn't Deception. like it? Deception. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That was terrific. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and all podcast places. So please subscribe. And uh, yeah, well, we had the Instagram poll this week, and that was fun. Your boy pulled out another another victory. Mm. Pulled it out of my ass, some might say. Although Jaden did confirm with me that he was the deciding vote. He pulled my way. Well, technically, everyone who voted Minority Report could be considered the deciding vote, but yes. That's true. That's true. But I wanted to... Uh, I feel like you got to pick someone, you know? Mm. And Jaden's yeah. here, so I'll just, uh, it was Jaden's. I think I voted pretty early, to be honest, so I'm just going to poke holes in your... But, but, but to Fitzy's point, it doesn't really matter when you vote. Mm. So now I'm also breaking down my own argument here. But yeah, anyway, so that's sick. Thank you. We'll review Minority Report next week by popular demand. So cheers. As always, we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comments section or send us a DM on Instagram. We love when we get reviews. Luke contributed this week to a review and not long ago as well. So thanks, Luke. We'll get to that. Our uh, specific question of the show. Oh, yeah, this is used to Fitzy too. A specific question of the show this week will be, what is your favourite animated and live-action hybrid movie? As in the, the of course, wonderfully critically acclaimed film Hop, uh, starring Russell Brand himself. And you've got... Who Russell Brand. Roger oh, Rabbit. yeah, right, shit. Well, he is the... He is the... Yeah, whatever the, the main character's yeah, name is. Yeah, he is yeah. Hop. Is oh. Hop his name? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know what his name is. Isn't James Marsden in that movie? Yeah, I was thinking of him. I, I was like, that's not that's not Russell. And he's also in Sonic. That's yeah. great. That's great. Oh, so there wow. you go. It's been there are... <laughs> We've pinpointed his favourite genre. So, yeah, those kind of films, hopefully fairly self-explanatory. Let us know what your favourite is. This week, we're reviewing The Mitchells vs. The Machines, which debuted on Netflix on April 30th, 2021. It was directed by Michael Rianda and Jeff Rowe. The genre is an animated adventure comedy. The synopsis reads, A quirky, dysfunctional family road trip is upended, I like that word, when they find themselves in the middle of the robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. All right. Pitty, tell me about your experience with the Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, I like the animation. Um, um, I was enjoying it for a bit, but the humor was just way. I just hated. I hated the humor, um, and it just. It was very comedy based and very. It was way more of a kids' movie than I thought it would be, and just very kind of formulaic and. Really unfunny, so yeah, I didn't really enjoy it. So, 
Yeah. As you say that, it looked like you're like grinding your teeth, like, <laughs> dude, this shit. I swear to God. No, just it's a popular movie, so I don't know. You, you feel you got to take a stand, Jaden. I'm very happy Liam said that because I thought I was going to be alone, but I was severely disappointed in this film. I oh, shit. I knew nothing about this film up until about a week ago, where I saw like two clips on Reddit, and I was like, "That's pretty funny." And then Liam recommended it for the show. I was like, yes, banging, let's do it. Um, but then the, the movie itself is just trash. Like the the characters, are just, <laughs> the characters are just derivations of the derivations of stereotypes. And like, it's like a oh, quirky teenage girl is angsty and doesn't get along with the family, but comes around in the end. Dad, who is gruff but gave up everything. Boy is boy who likes dinosaur. You know, it's like it's it's, it's just such it's it's such generic crap. And like the the, the whole like. You know, uh, technology bad, embrace monkey storyline. It's 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 so it's so overused and it's just not well done in this context. And just, I was I was really really disappointed because I was expecting a really fun, you know, movie. I was expecting like a like a I was expecting like a um into the Spider Verse type thing because it's the same people, right? Same studio, yeah. Hey, I didn't love it either, but I I did not expect to come in here and like it the most because I think that's pretty clear now. I, I liked it the most. Um, I, I yeah, I, I liked the movie. Some choices don't vibe with me. Has some weird pacing, in my opinion. Um, and I wasn't entirely engaged the whole time. I I, I thought there was a lot to like personally. I um I do. I, I will get into it. I disagree with like I think. Broadly speaking, there are a lot of stereotypes here. I kind of like the way it handles them, though, um, in terms of the, the the technology commentary and stuff. But but yeah, I, I maybe I, I didn't know what a single human being thought of this movie before I watched it. So maybe like if I because I I was surprised, I must say, when I got on Letterboxd afterwards and saw the strong scores, I was like, oh okay, that's. I'm glad I didn't have expectations set there, you know. Um, I don't know if you guys did or not. I don't know, but I'm just saying that would have personally, like, probably left me a bit more disappointed. But I think it's fair to say when you've got the Spider Verse team here, or at least I assume some amalgamation of them behind this film, the most distinct part of it is probably its art style, and also just and Spider Verse has this too, of course, its editing style. Fitzy, you didn't you didn't seem to you didn't seem to like it that much. You didn't like the uh, the fourth wall breaking, the uh, the, the, the the animation's good. Yeah, I guess the montages are like in terms of editing, uh, like well made ish. I guess. Um, and I, I was enjoying it at the start because I thought, I don't know, I thought it was, I thought it had some funny moments here and there, and. Yeah, I don't know. The, I mean, it wasn't. It's not completely original, but the kind of general arc, you know, this road trip thing, kind of seemed interesting enough, I guess. Um, mm. But I don't know. It, the main thing was just the humor, which kept like interjecting with the story, and it was very. The script just felt everything was just very, like set up as Jane said, with you know all the conflicts and everything it just felt very uh structured i guess yeah sure okay i mean i found the movie fairly funny i think there were two distinctly very funny moments that were sandwiched by a lot of shit 
tell tell me which which they are. That two second shot of the donkey drowning in the river. Was that was hilarious. great. That was that was great. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> that sentence by itself sounds really dark. And um, the Furbies were yes, also very, yes. very funny. I thought that was actually helpful. And hilarious. like the, yeah. we must summon the big one and like, yeah, you know, yeah. like that, that, like that. Where she killed it? me. Yeah, I saw that in the trailer. That was those are so funny. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I yeah no great great moments. I liked them a lot too. The Furbies, I appreciate that whoever came up with this idea about including the Furbies also is terrified of Furbies because Furbies are horrifying. They just. Has anyone ever looked at them and thought, "Man, my my four year old's going to think this is cute"? They're terrible. They look, you know what I mean? Don't they just look terrible? I feel like they're going to kill. Like they're staring in my soul at all times. I've always felt this about Furbies, so I've never had any validation of this perspective before, and I feel really fulfilled by that. To be honest, I like the uh, I like the dog a lot. Do you guys like the dog? Dog came we got a bit much quite a bit much a bit yeah especially the climax yeah you didn't you didn't like the the, no no you didn't like the (laughs) way when he like when he finally stared at the phone when he finally stopped looking cross-eyed oh the phone no i'm saying when the robots like when she puts the the dog in the front of the on the front of the car and that's why the robots get confused yeah, 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 because I like, can't figure out what he yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, dog, pig, yeah. Loaf of bread. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly a dog. Like, I don't know mm. how stupid these robots are, but I guess I found the movie funnier than you guys a little bit. I, re- I did really like the one thing I appreciate about its humor and about its script is that every little – and animated movies do this great because they're so handcrafted all the way through that they're able to often – like, everything is so deliberate in them. And I think the movie does a great job at every little dumb moment that it has towards the beginning of the movie has some sort of payoff to a varying degree. And as simple as the moment I, I really liked of at the start, the dog can't, he's always cross-eyed. And then it comes back in the third act and it's what, you know, he finally looks at the stupid phone. I thought that that kind of stuff gets me. I, I appreciate that kind of thing. And uh, like the dog licking the dad's tongue and shit, you know. I like that. No, what happened? <laughs> that sentence, you know, when like I liked the whole road trip montage, like the 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 short film that Katie made. Oh, uh, okay. And, and part of it was like the dog kept licking the dad's. What's the dad's name? Shit, Rick. Uh, kept licking his face, and then like he like he licked his tongue. No, I do not remember that shot. That do happen. I just described that in detail. I don't know. I, I, I like the humor a fair bit, I guess. Was there, while we're on humor, right? Sandwiched by a lot of shit, I believe were your words. Was it just, what was it? I, I assume you weren't a fan of the uh, the brother character. No, not at all. At no. all. Dude, he, uh, so first let's address his voice. His voice. Was <laughs> Thank you. Terrible. Horrible. Guess who voices him? The director, yeah, and that's why I was like, I was like, should I reserve that comment? I was like, I don't want to actually offend his voice. It was like, yeah, it's probably putting on the voice of a kid, but you know, um, but all, all, all his you know dinosaur related running away from girls, breaking through walls, jumping out the window, shit, and it's like unfunny ads, and like you know, totally. this whole like thing of like the mother's obsession with the neighbors, and you know, 
like oh, there was a bit like it's it's like like any comedy that's derived from that i was like yeah, no you know it's just there was just a lot of i didn't like i thought the ro- the, the, the robot guys that tag along with them were okay oh yeah but like yeah most of the other humor i don't like i mean i mainly like the robot partner dudes because one of them's conan o'brien and i love conan o'brien but outside oh, really? of that yeah yeah wait what to what part what, the fact that i like conan o'brien or that it was conan o'brien both <laughs> <laughs> fair enough he's great but yeah no, that's a good point I, I honestly didn't really think about i'm glad i brought up the brother character and you said that because dude what was it why does he sound like a 45 year old man clearly He's meant to be like 10. Yeah. It was really off-putting. Yeah, totally. And jumping out the window what, happened what, multiple times. What probably happened was like the director created this character as a reflection of himself in the film and wanted to voice him for that reason, you know? I guess, but he's such an uncon- inconsequential character, you know? Yeah. He does, dude, he adds nothing to the story. Like the, the core of the story is the father-daughter relationship, which I like. The mother has her moments, you know, like when she becomes the badass or whatever, and she kind of acts as uh, the mediator between the father and daughter. So she has stuff to do. The brother is just like, what are you doing in this movie? Like, I don't know what you add to this story in any way, shape, or form. That's sort of how I felt. Oh, yeah, and the, the, the neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't John, that was John Legend? Yeah. And was Chrissy Teigen the other one as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird, but. Why is that weird? I don't know. Just like you know, I, I like in these animated movies when they they often get these like celebrity cameos or whatever. It's like, all right, that's cool, because um, they can probably just come in for like half a day and just you know do all that, record all their lines. So I kind of like that. But you know, I thought that was okay. I guess. So I, know, I guess we're sort of. I guess we're sort of in agreement, divided on the humor. I don't really. We sit in different places with it, but. I, I'm so sorry, Fitzy. Earlier, I totally got mixed up what you liked and didn't like about the movie, obviously, I was, as an attempt to transition to the animation, which you did like. Total botch on my part. What, what did mm. you what did you appreciate Actually, about it? I wouldn't, you... I wouldn't say I liked it. Um, oh, shit, I'm wrong. I guess, I, I, guess I, I mean, I appreciated it, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't did you... like the blending of the real life moments. You know, like how like she'd like like they overlaid that ape onto the dad, and like like not oh, dude that they're trying oh. to be funny with that, but that was so fucking bad. That wasn't yeah. that wasn't that wasn't good. And that like good. and but like you know like the moments like that, and like usually I, I appreciate a bit of adversity in the animation, a bit of innovation, but like I just didn't like the way that they utilize it in this film. I agree with you. I um I appreciate it. I the thing I appreciate about it, appreciate about it most is the fact that, because it does the thing, forgetting the live action overlays for a second and forgetting, because it also does the, uh, it has 2D like little Mm. drawing, like sketch drawing overlays a bit too. Didn't really like that either. But forgetting that for a second, it also does the the, the very stereotypical, everyone can imagine it in their heads, like editing style of freeze frame. How, How did we get here? Sort of, you know, moment. That it does, it does a fair bit, especially in the opening where it, you get the the narration from Katie. I don't like that editing. It really annoys me, and it's I think it's run its course in Hollywood. Like, please never use it again. But I will say to the film's credit, I appreciate how my first thought when I was seeing all of this happening in the because it's all packed into the first thirty seconds of the movie. You're seeing the 
the crazy overlay. The monkey moment that I didn't like either that was obnoxious was also there, I think. And you're getting the weird editing immediately. Didn't like it. But I appreciate immediately it was like, we're contextualizing this as Katie is a filmmaker and this is her like editing project. I liked that. At least it, it added, it made sense in world. It added character to the protagonist of the movie as opposed to just, oh, we're just doing this because we think it's funny. Like, because it's not, I'm sorry, it's not funny. But I appreciate there was some effort there to sort of make it add something else to the movie, you know, they haven't really, haven't really seen before. And you can sort of, Makes sense, you know. She's the one that's narrating it. Like it sort of can be framed as her own short film, sort of thing. Mm. I think that's what it is, isn't it? Because like when she starts filming, yeah, and like that isn't that like where she submits at her uni or whatever. That's yeah, exactly. And I like that. I also just liked having like a a cinephile main character. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought I would too, but like <laughs> it's just so hard to. They go too far out of their way to make her this quirky and different, and like there's just nothing to latch onto with her. I felt for me personally, anyway, because I was thinking, okay, maybe this is the character I could rally behind, but I just couldn't get attached to her at all. But Jaden, she likes Greta Gerwig. I've this got some trivia for that. you. Uh. Katie has a Mount Rushmore of director heroes, including Greta Gerwig, Celine Sciamma who we both have reviewed on the show, both great. Lynn Ramsey and Hal Ashby. I've not heard of the latter two. Lynn Ramsey did. You were never really here, right? And um, oh, okay. we need to talk about Kevin, I think. Yeah. I don't know who Hal Ashby is. Oh, Hal Ashby did the last detail, I think. Well, there you go. Anyway, so you have to like Katie Jan. She likes Greta Gurley. She was a naive prick. <laughs> Holy shit. How'd you feel about? I, I'm totally with you on the monkey thing. By the way, that video of the speaking of Furbies and horrifying shit, that monkey that has the the stupid like balloon on his neck is terrifying. I I want to pop it so bad, you know. I want to like grab a. I think that's little, cruelty. Yeah, but it's so like it, like as he breathes, it comes. I hate it. But anyway, nature is a weird beast. Sometimes you know. Outside of that. Did you did you feel the same about the little two D sketch stuff going on? Yeah, I mean, like, it was less obtrusive than the live action overlay, obviously, just because it was you know more akin to the style of the rest of the film. But like, um, no, I did, I didn't enjoy it entirely. I mean, I feel like it works better in Spider Verse, it being very much a a comic book movie, like almost literally in mm. its style, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like it, it, it felt like it, they were trying to carry it over, and it lost a bit of spark for me. Yes, I think. Yeah, uh, the the father daughter focus and growth, I, I did like a lot in the movie. It is the heart of the movie. Um, I do. You you, you pointed out, Jane, that you sort of felt, uh, hey, maybe I'm wrong about this again. Maybe you said the complete opposite, apparently, because I've got no idea. But th- that you sort of didn't appreciate Katie being like typically angsty and stuff. No, it's, I, just, it's just such a tired trope. And I mean, like, I, like you know, teens are angsty. I mean, you know, if I can wear teens, we're angsty, I'm sure. But I, I just I just don't like the way the film just ham-fisted it so directly into your face. Hey, Fitzy isn't a teen. Don't insult him. Oh, shit, yeah, right. You're below me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and weathering... Oh, weathering... yeah, and you're, you're, you're not far off it either, Finny. I'm two days off it. Yeah. And then I'm out of this realm of angstiness, bro. I'm going <laughs> to transform as a human being. 
I mean, we watched Weathering with you, so I think we understand what on-screen angstiness is meant to be. You see, and like I was thinking about this as well while watching it. I was like, I that is an angst I, I can understand, and I'm like, look, man, like I don't know, but like that kind of suffocation in a small town is, you know, I, I don't think I experienced that to that degree where I want to like properly run away like that. But like, you know, where we live is such a stagnant town. It's it's such an in between of a big city and like it's it's too small to be a big city and it's too big to be a rural town have 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 that aesthetic. So like totally. this kind of boring and stagnantness was something I can relate to that character and just wanting to get away. And that's why I could rally behind him and like it, it like, like it, I felt I felt really easy to get behind Hadaka. Hadaka, yeah. What's the name? What's it? Hadoka? Hadoka? Hadaka? Hadoka? Hadoka? I think it was that. <laughs> I don't know. Um yeah, I, I th- that's why I was able to entirely fall for them. But no, they, they, these characters had nothing for me to latch onto. I thought the the father daughter stuff was was touching. I I enjoyed it. I do disagree with Jane in the sense that she's you know angsty teenager, sure, but she's not. I didn't find her obnoxiously angsty, and I found that she has many moments in the movie where her dad's like clearly trying to connect with her, like the moment where he like he starts playing the Rihanna song, you know, and she's like, oh, "I'm too old for this" or whatever. But there's multiple parts of the movie where he reaches out and tries to do something like that. And she's not obnoxiously like, oh, dear, shut up and piss off. Like that would, I'd be with you there. But th- there are multiple moments where she's like also making an effort. You know, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, dad. I didn't really mean to, you know what I mean? It didn't come across as overbearing. But at that point, she was making an effort just for him because, you know, she said to the brother, oh, I only said that stuff so he can go along with my plan. But yeah. She- so, so she's only saying that shit so she can appease him. That's true, and that becomes important in the in the third act. But but I I get what you're saying. I guess just on as as an on screen representation of of angsty teenager whatever that we're used to seeing. I thought it was they made an effort to make a distinction. They are like, hey, we understand the the teenage experience. I hate I hate talking about like teenagers <laughs> in that context. I can't stand it, but. It's a reality of storytelling, right? Um, I appreciate that they try and they try and make it quote unquote realistic in the sense of like, you know, we're not always that annoying. You know what I mean? We 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 have an, we have archetypes. But we come from a place and we understand other people. You know, it was like I, she understood what her dad was going for, and that was sort of important to the dynamic and the characters. I thought, and then that really worked. Then for me, when you eventually get later. I really liked sort of discovering Rick's backstory about selling the house for her and and his but family. That's such I an like obvious that. backstory, though. Is it? Is it not? Is it? Is this whole like, oh, father makes ultimate sacrifice that caught child is unaware of, and then is aware and becomes you know closer again. I mean, that is such a. That's fair. You know, I don't, I don't know how you could. I didn't really see the connection coming about uh, linking it to the house specifically. That's what I found touching about it. Like, sure, sure, like the overarching story. But yeah, but. Like when, it, like the, the little moose doll, whatever it was, I don't know what animal that was. The little wooden carving, the moment when he like takes it from the house, I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Like that makes, that ties it all together in a way that I appreciate it. And I guess it's for those reasons that. And then, so you got that moment, and then you've got the moment where like Rick's hanging out next to the uh, the, the the tech guy, the Mark Zuckerberg ripoff. His name is Mark and- as well, is it not? It is, yeah. That's what's yeah. great about it. Yeah, uh, and you watch, and he's like watching his daughter's film, and like he sort of like sees 
their relationship in the movie, like very obviously, very overtly. And I like that. I like that they both have their sort of epiphany moments separate from each other and they then sort of converge, you know what I mean? They come together and save the save the family in quotes or whatever, save their relationship. I, I enjoyed all that stuff quite a bit. In the backdrop of the actual robot invasion, eh, like of course in this kind of animated picture, it has to like link back to that allows them to save the earth, you know? <laughs> D- don't know if I, I, I didn't love that stuff as much. I just like to point out that they claim that there's only seven of those V-shaped things. And that means that there's like 1.1 billion people in each V-shaped thing. That is false. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Whenever we get a new movie, the trivia is always bad. Um, Like we had the Mount Rushmore trivia and it didn't even say where in the movie it was. I've got no idea where in the movie it was. It just said it was there. So I'm like, I believe you. It had, there was some trivia that like, the V-shaped things look just like Sony's PlayStation 5. And it's like, it doesn't. Like It clearly no, it doesn't. doesn't. Just look no. at it. It does not look like that. What is, you know what I mean? <laughs> what is this trivia? People can just write whatever they want at IMDb. It's weird. Did you say, like, no, this isn't helpful, you know, underneath the... Uh... I should have disliked it. Yeah. It did have a fair few dislikes, which is good. Because right, anyone with eyes <laughs> can tell. How do you guys feel about the... Other aspect of this movie. I mean, so as Fitzy noted last week, the film's title swapped around a bit. It was at one point called Connected. It was originally called The Mitchells vs. The Machines, changed to Connected. Once purchased by Netflix, they changed the title back, uh, which on a side. It was a smart move, yeah. Very smart move. I get it. Connected. We're all connected to technology. The family has to connect, whatever. Like, I get it. Shit title, shit shit word. There was also another Netflix film earlier this year called Connected about this Argentine DJ, so maybe they couldn't call it Connected out of conflict with that too. Mm, I'd like to think they changed it just because it's a shit title, but (laughs) you're probably right. That's actually probably the only reason, unfortunately. So, yeah, so that links back to the whole, you know, the sub-commentary in this movie about how we spend time on our phones and we don't, you know, we like technology too much. How do you guys feel about that? I personally liked the Wi-Fi gag and how everyone lost their mind when the Wi-Fi was turned off. I know. It's, it's like I said at the start, I just don't like the way that it's, the movie handles this, you know, technologically addicted type thing, whatever, you know. Because it's just too basic of a portrayal. I, I didn't like it. Fuck it. I just leave it there. Is the criticism, does this feel a bit easy? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel that. You know, it makes it makes all the comments about like, oh, it's done for humour, and I appreciate that it's not taking itself too seriously, but, it, you know, it makes all the comments like, oh, we steal your data. And I know this is, like, relevant, I guess, at the moment, and timely, culturally, but it's just, I'm so overhearing about this shit, personally, you know, like, it's just, yeah, I feel that. It's a sort of whatever criticism, I don't really... I don't really feel it. It felt like an odd distraction from what I was personally connecting with the, you know, what was connecting with the movie for me, you know? I mean, did you, what, how do you feel about it, Fitzy? Did you at least appreciate that it was sort of played for laughs a little bit? I don't think the, there was that much commentary, really. I think it was overly present. Um, 
but um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was fun, I guess. Sure. I mean, commentary might be a bit of a strong word, to be honest. I don't know if I can really call anything this movie's doing commentary. You know what I mean? It was definitely a th- recurring theme, though. I didn't really appreciate the uh, the third act final battle was whatever to me. You know, it's the psycho mom and stuff. Yeah, just all of it. Yeah, and and the actual final showdown, the machines and everything. It's like, okay, this is like fun action, and I appreciate the effort that goes into crafting that animation wise. But it's at that point, I, I definitely found myself going going to the old mobile phone. Ironically, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, it, it was whatever. It didn't really capture my imagination. One thing that, as you guys know, I'm a bit of a Pixar fanboy, but I feel like their movies compared to competition like Sony, like um, Spider-Verse being an exception, but like Illumination, these other studios, Blue Sky up until recently, RIP. One thing that I always found that Pixar does so much better is is their third acts and how they're able to ground. All these animated films have a climactic moment battle thing, right? To varying degrees of, you know, whether it's saving the world or saving the town or whatever the hell. Pixar always does a great job at grounding it, I feel, in the world and making it feel important to its characters as opposed to this, like, the the father-daughter thing goes on here, but then it's sort of like, okay, we resolved this now. Let's spend 15 minutes just, like, blasting through the sky. You know what I mean? It's like, it sort of loses me a little bit and it's where the pacing stuff comes in for me where it felt pretty long in the tooth. I felt like it had, like, three endings because don't they, you got the ending where they leave to, they go to the college and she walks in the doors, and I'm like, okay, the movie's over. It doesn't like a credit start playing, and then like there's five more minutes after it, where she's like talking to her family on Skype. Yeah, I had no idea there was an after credits um, until I. What? It's after credits scene? Oh, not after credits. I mean, like during credits or whatever. But like oh. when when the credits first rolled, I just turned right. Off. But the next day, I like I was checking it again just to see if the. Humor was as cringe as I remembered, <laughs> um, and then I found that. And so, so you, so you went back for the the at college stuff when she's I didn't like know, calling her I family. Didn't know it was the okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. Because no, that's you must. Have, I, I love I love the thought of that though. Because you're right, credits do start popping up very briefly. But it's like, I swear it's only like five seconds though. So you must have like been right on it. Like the second one credit hits, I'm closing this movie, dude. Mm. <laughs> I, love, I love that. But no, that's an issue I had with the pacing. It really came into effect. Again, I like the road trip stuff at the start. I like the Furby stuff. All that flows fine. Final 15 minutes is all over the place for me. Didn't really appreciate it too much. Did you feel that or were you, were you just already scrolling on your phone before that point, Jaden? <laughs> like, oh, there's another ape joke, I'm out. No, I don't think I actually resorted to my phone. So I guess that's a commendation for the movie that it kept me watching to that degree at least. But, you know, it wasn't very joyful watching. But, yeah, um, I don't really have um, anything to add about the ending. Sure. Know? Yeah. I do think it's an interesting sort of, like, comment on the film of how many people had to start scrolling on their phones during it. It's sort of it's probably the ultimate side of how good it was or not, how effective it was. So so the end of the movie, it says, this is the real Mitchell family or whatever. What was that about? I Googled that. I don't expect you guys to have answers. I'm just bringing this up because... Is it the director's family? 
I don't think yeah. so. I googled it. It is. That it literally points to him in the photo. To the director. It says director Rayanne or whatever, and then it points to him as a baby in the photo. Ah. Uh, his name's not Mitchell, so I don't get. I didn't get it. Unless it's a saying. Uh, yeah, what is it? It's just it's implying. Oh, it's his like his family. It's based on his family. Yeah. Okay, I'm real dumb then. Okay, I literally. Okay, that's fine. That makes sense. <laughs> I'll I'll just leave that in so everyone. Sometimes people need to be reminded of my stupidness. Stupid stupidness. That was on purpose to emphasize yeah, the point. Yeah. Good on me. I think um, what I was going to say earlier was like that was kind of going nowhere. Was that I feel like um, Spider Verse had many standout shots and just I think the animation was really, really, really brilliant. But like, it's like, do you feel like this movie had kind of like the standout shots that you know that Spider Man film had? It's a good question. I mean, no, but is it an unfair comparison? You know, because Spider Verse has like iconic shots. You know, like beyond just oh, that was a cool shot. Like Spider Verse has shots that are wallpaper worthy. You know what I mean? This movie doesn't have that. Well, I think it does have one, which is when she's standing at like the gas station and she's looking at like the green stream of like people getting taken away. Oh no, I did like that, I did. and like... I liked all the I liked the shots of the uh, of the PlayStation Five. I liked all the V. I liked all the V, like you know, establishing yeah. shots of that. Yeah. I mean, if if it's coming from the same studio, I don't understand why it wouldn't be a fair comparison to make. Oh, I only mean, because Spider Man's yeah, on no, another level. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I can't. I get. I, I, mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah. We didn't talk about the score. Is there anything to say? Nah. I thought it was fine. Yeah. So. I think I, I had a look at the dude afterward. You know, he, he did Thor Ragnarok. I think that's like no. I think that's a good really? like yeah. I think that's because um, like you know, I mean like Thor Ragnarok doesn't have a very notable score either. So I mean like I was like that's fair. That's true. That's true. But, but I think I, this I think this one great was music enough. choices though. Just not a great <laughs> score. Yeah. Final verdicts, Jaden. Oh, I was hoping you go to Liam first. I'm gonna give it five. I I I'd, I'd say. I think I talked overly negative during this thing, but that's just because, you know, the way I felt about it. I I, I think I, I could give this movie a four, but um, I think five is probably the more appropriate number to attach to it. I think there's a lot of generic stuff, but I do think that there's some good moments, but yeah, I think it's outshined by the averages. Mm, yeah. There's enough good stuff there for it not to be too terrible, so... Yeah, I'll give it a five as well. Nice. Nice. I was going to give it a seven. Screw it, I'll give it a seven. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I don't want to. I don't want to go on it too long. It's fine. Six or seven. I think it's. I think, I think it was solid. I would recommend it if you're in the mood for a whatever you know, lighthearted family flick. You know, I'd be very surprised if this ends up in the conversation of favorite animated film of the year, though. You know what I mean? I don't. But will it get an Oscar nom? Yeah. I think the scores are just indicate that other people seem to like it more than us, so probably. You talked earlier about it, the, the score being a surprise to you. How much of a shock to you was it? Because to me, it was very... Probably, probably a bit less than you, but I was definitely surprised. I thought the movie was getting... 
I didn't know anyone's opinion on it, but I don't know. I was just seeing it enough places where I thought it must be resonating right. on some level. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was there on the popular of IMDb. For, oh, sorry, for Letterboxd for a while. And it probably still is, I don't know. But, and I was seeing articles and people were talking about this movie, you know. I think if it was just a whatever Netflix animated film, if that were the consensus, it wouldn't be in that spot. Mm. But sick, let's get into news chat. We had a Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer. And uh, it was it was it was something. Fifty uh, way, have you seen it? I need to know. No, Jaden, tell me about what you thought of this trailer. I honestly don't remember a whole lot of it outside, like the opening, like quicking little segment. Um, yes, that was yes. pretty funny though. I appreciated that. Was I it? Think, yeah, I was, I was going to say I knew, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else happened? I think so. So, um, what's his face? Um. The dude from Zombieland and Hunger Games. And Woody Harrelson. That one, yeah. So he is Carnage, right? Yeah. That just feels like an odd casting choice because, you know, Harrelson Very. is old. <laughs> I don't, you know, like, you know, Carnage has always kind of been, you know, to me, the, the, is kind of rash and erratic and kind of, you know, it kind of embodies traits that you that you assign to, you know, a younger person. Um. So 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 Harrelson in that in that role is an interesting one to me um what else happened in the trailer i mean i I, I really can't remember to be honest their their buddy cop dynamic is continuing i guess yeah woody harrelson's doing something yeah and uh venom venom is venom it looked dude you could have shown me this trailer like i would have said oh aren't they just all close from the first movie yeah that's all yeah it looks exactly the same and that's not really a compliment for me we're doing this again. <laughs> you know? I will say it's interesting Andy Serkis is directing this film. Oh, really? Yeah. So. He's directed two films before? Yeah. Uh, some some film. Breathe? That I had, breath? Something, something like that. Something breathe, whatever. I haven't seen. And he also directed the serious uh, adaptation of Jungle Book called Mowgli, which I have seen. And. I quite liked. It was dark though. It was like, it was it, it was interesting. I I liked it for what it was. It was very distinct from John Favreau's 2016 version. But yeah, so I don't know. Weird that he's doing this movie. But am I going to see this movie? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, you I didn't like make it and watch it for this for the show. Oh Christ, dude! The first one was so. It was just. I don't even want to call it trash. It was just weird. It was a weird movie to me. You know, I think I've talked about it before, but, you know, the humor doesn't connect with me personally. And it's just like Tom Hardy's just weird in the movie. Like his performance is weird. I just don't, you know what I mean? I can't call it bad, but I can't say it's by no means good. I don't know what he's doing in the movie. And then Michelle Williams is there and spoiler alert, she becomes like a female Venom at one point. Like what? I didn't understand what was happening. Or was that when, did Venom like transfer bodies? Like did he like jump to her? Mm-hmm. And then there was that third act battle that was terrible. Terrible. You know? Oh, yeah, it was terrible. No, that's fair, probably. I was trying to get a rise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't take much out of that one, too. No, God, no. Yeah. See, so, yeah, anyway, so Venom, let there be carnage. Get excited. And uh, we still don't know, and we'll probably never know if it's actually in the MCU or not. 
there was a Killers of the Flower Moon image released. You've got, this is Martin Scorsese's next picture he's developing with Apple, I believe. And you've got Leo sitting there. So anyway, do you, you guys think anything of this image? Did it get you hyped? Oh yeah, Leo sitting at a dinner table really gets me going. <laughs> we'll give you Django vibes. Uh, the Northman, which is Robert Eggers' next film. We're, re- we're really in a. We're really feeling this today. I can just, you know, I can just see it. Uh, is releasing on April eighth, twenty twenty two. Do one of you know what this is about, or do I, am I going to have to read another synopsis? <laughs> I have to Google it. It's something Nordic. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we really know much more than that. I mean, we might know a bit more in detail, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything really. Is it horror? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, Nordic horror sounds cool. Make it even mm. if you said it like a Viking horror movie. I don't know if that's what it is, but that sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, it'll probably be some like folklore horror kind of thing. Yeah. That's mm. what the witch and the lighthouse kind of were. Oh, is the lighthouse like a horror thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Now I can never watch it. So, Bong Joon Ho is directing an animated film. Wow. Um. So it's apparently got something to do with water. <laughs> it's underwater or something, or it's about the ocean or something. It's about the drama between. The sea creatures and the people is what I read. Right, okay. Okay. But, so we can extend this to anime, right? Mm, no. No? Uh, I mean, like, oh, when, I, when I was thinking, I, you, you know, like that, you know that movie, like The Red Turtle? Yeah, mm. vaguely. Yeah, I, I kind of imagine more of that art style. I don't know why, but that's like the art style I, imagine, I immediately went to more than an anime. But, you know, okay. it could be, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's directed Western films before, so, like, there's nothing to say, like, it couldn't be CG, I guess. I don't think it would be, but... Actually, no, I think I did say... No, I think it did say... Uh, hold on. Wait, oh, wait, really? Oh, that's interesting. Now, now that you say CGI, I think I think I did read that somewhere. He did, <laughs> um... He did the big CGI thing for the the host. Oh, yeah, but that looks like shit. Yeah, but, like, he's... I'm saying he's, <laughs> he's probably going to do that again. Is it a no, this is like a movie? proper like like seat like animated movie, like, like not not just like. Right, but I mean, he, I'm just saying it's it's probably going to be like strange in some way, like that is you know. The full like CGI it, animation will deal with the drama that arises between deep sea creatures and human beings. That's so you're actually probably right. Yeah, that. yeah, you're probably right, Liam. Could be about that. Yeah. And uh, all else I got is that uh, Batista's in Knives Out too, along with Catherine Hart. Two confirmed cast members joining old mate Daniel Craig. I feel like there was more announcements than just those two. Was there? I only saw those two. Wasn't Edward Norton? Really? Yeah, I think I saw Edward Norton as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Like, I'm excited for whatever this is by itself anyway, but, like, the idea of just every time Ryan Johnson makes one of these movies, let's just get, like, an amazing cast together. It's great. And every time, yeah, like as they announce more cast members, it's going to be really exciting. Did you confirm Edward Norton? Is that true? Yeah. Cool. Really cool. 
Uh, and then like the, the the first like five results said yeah, so I mean I'll take it as he yeah, does. sweet. And uh, I'm sure you're excited about Catherine Hart after her performance in WandaVision. That sounded insulting. I didn't. I actually didn't she, mind. She played a character fine. Yeah. 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 I think she did the errors well enough. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, now it's time for our highlights of the week. Fitzy, what have you been watching? Um. Is it always is it always a thing that like for you guys, you know, because obviously this shows a different experience for me. Where like every time I'm about to say one of you, it's like waiting in anticipation. Like, which one of us does he get to say first? Mm, yeah, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Complete opposite ends. I don't know. I mean, I can just go if you want. I'll just. No, that's okay. Um. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I watched. I watched Almost Famous. Um, wasn't the best movie I saw this week, but the biggest probably. Um, which is something that I'd never, I'd only seen like bits of before, and like this is a pretty popular seeming film. So I'm surprised that only you, only you've seen it, Zach, and you, you saw it like recently, right? I think. I think fairly recently. I think 2020 sometime. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It feels like it feels weird because like I remember seeing this on um you know TV or whatever back in the day so it's like it's like nostalgic that this cuz it's like a 2000s movie so it's nostalgic in that way but the movie itself is nostalgic for like whenever it's said like the early 70s or 60s or whatever so like it's yeah it's like a nostalgia-filled, you know, mm-hmm. film. Even though I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what do you what do you think of it? So, so I you... thought I thought it was decent. I don't know. I just I just thought it was this is hard. It was a while ago, but I just sort of remember feeling it was a, like it had weird moments and like for mm. some reason this is an odd example. But the going off recollection here, like the only there's the moment where like the plane was oh, minus spoils, where like they thought the plane was going to crash or whatever. Yeah. I just remember thinking when as it was happening and when it, and when it was over and like as the film progressed, like that was such a random thing that I don't understand. Like it just felt totally off to me. Like I don't, and there were like a few things like that that would just didn't really come together. And again, going off, I've got no specifics to back any of this up, but like just I just sort of remember feeling the story was weird and. It was a bit tonally inconsistent, I think. Okay. You mean like with the comedy, I guess? I guess yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies. This is not by any means a review. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I enjoyed it overall. Um, the soundtrack was really great. Uh, oh, sure. With that error yeah. and everything. So. Okay. Okay. I did like Philip Seymour Hoffman in the movie, though. Oh, yeah. He's... It wasn't in it much, but. Yeah. Do you want to go next, Jane? Um, yeah, uh, so I, I finished off my, like, watching of Predator this week, so, like, I've seen all Predator films now, I think, everything that's in canon, at least. I don't think, Would I you don't recommend think we more. do this as a franchise? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never want to watch some of these movies again. Um, I think I'll talk about the most recent one, just because that's probably, like, the most topical, you know, in the 2018, The Predator, with Olivia Munn. Um... Mm. And boy, was that disappointing! God, I was expecting so much from it, and I like, I, cause like, I, I know the reaction from it was a r- rather negative one, but like, I just thought that was like, you know, 
people not liking it because you know it's a bit of a broy action type film. Um, so I was going into it expecting to quite like it to like it a fair bit, especially because Shane Black was directing it, who did you know the Nice Guys, which I love. But no, it it it, it is poor, very poor. You know, like um, I think it starts off decently enough, and like I think the opening shot got me quite excited because it looked nice. I was like, finally, a nice looking Predator movie, and like it did look nice up until. You know the second CGI predator is introduced, and it that that shit looked horrid. Um, the mm-hmm. I think part of the charm of the predator has always been like its prosthetics and make. I'm pretty sure it's always been a human under the under the under all that. Um, and like and like this like CGI iteration of it is just an abomination. But yeah, like like for, beyond that, you know, I'm being like act, be, you know talking about like things that actually count like story and shit. Like the it it just it it just feels more and more like fan fiction as time goes on. I mean like. You know, so Predator One. I mean, I guess it kind of always has felt like fan fiction. It's you know the ultimate alien hunter against you know Vietnamese soldiers or like wherever you know whatever so whatever jungle they're in, um, and then it becomes about like you know the the, the predator against a LA cop, and then the predators and aliens, and then the predators on their actual planet. You know, so it's always felt a bit like fan fiction, but like this one just feels, you know, it, it feels like it goes too far. It's like oh, you know, we're we're, we're trying to like I can't really talk about like where it goes without spoiling it but like it um yeah it, it it just doesn't the story is not brilliant by any means and like it, it, but yeah it's, it's yeah I, I, yeah i'll leave it does there. it try and like expand the lore of the world in a way that's just weird not necessarily expand it but it introduces a new element towards the latter half of the film that is odd okay Trying to hold as long as I could. <laughs> I, could I, I could have kept that going. I don't, know, I don't know why you broke it. I'm really bad. I'm really bad at all that stuff. Any like, jo- any attempt at a joke that involves, you know, me having to keep a straight face is never going to happen. Like, if you were to try and come to me and go, "All right, Zach, can you like, we're going to troll this person, we're going to trick them, and and you got to say this, dude, I'm going to laugh in the first three seconds. It's not happening. There's no chance. Unfortunately, Luke is, Luke is amazing at that. He, he is. is. He's a scary for like half a minute. That's true. There you go. That's another reason to respect Luke. I'm so bad at that. Uh, I watched Now You See Me, which uh, sort of of Jane's recommendation. I remember, oh, uh, dude, every time like someone talks about some movie on this show, it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll get to that. And uh, it's got like a backlog of things in my brain that we've Yeah, I recommend about. that to you. You definitely said something. I don't know if you, I don't think you watched it, but you said at some point, we had a conversation. It's like, oh yeah, those movies are fun. Like, so it said you made a, co- a positive comment about them at some point. You know, I don't um, like it. Yeah. yeah, so I watched it, and I, I I did like it. I enjoyed it. I thought in the first half, like as it's unclear what's going on, and like I, I thought all the characters were really cool, and I thought the story was like definitely had me hooked in it. I was like, dude, I want to find out what the hell's going on here. This is interesting. At that point, and as it develops and as they do their magic shows, um, I was thinking, dude, this is great. Oh, this is an eight right now. This is great. Um, and then, like, the th- you know, there's the, the third act twist. Have you guys both seen it? You, you know, the, the 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 poor man's version of the usual suspects twist, you know, where it's like it was Mark Ruffalo the whole time. It's like, 
spoilers. It's like, <laughs> okay. Like, I didn't see it coming at all, which is, I guess, good. So, but like, that's, that, I, that's never what you want. You never want. It's you never want the the creator to act like he's smarter than the audience, and when something comes out of like when something blindsides you, that's the effect it has, and it's not typically a good one, you know. Yeah, or at least you can't you can't like trace back and like f- see how the pieces fall together. Like, dude, I've got. It's always cool when you can like rewatch a movie and like see see the pieces are there and and like make sense of what you know is coming. I don't know how that's possible with this movie at all. Like, I don't think I, I'm convinced. I'm, I'm not going to by any means break it down. I don't think it makes any sense. Like, if you would actually watch from the start, I don't. You'd have to make some leaps. I feel like. Um. So I mean, I didn't love that, you know. But it didn't really. It, it's still. I still enjoyed myself a lot. I still think it's a really good movie. Um. It, unfortunately, like it removes, like some of the. I thought they were going to explain more about like why how they're actually doing some of their stuff like when they just straight up like they just the characters just teleport sometimes i thought there was gonna be some like more interesting back like stuff about how they do that they sort of just brush over it so i don't know mm. part two will give you a bit of teleportation explanation oh okay oh, uh i definitely want to watch part two but i feel like that there was more opportunity to go more in depth on some of the the things that I think any audience member would be hooked by in the movie of like figuring out what's going on and considering the whole thing is meant to be a magic trick and harps on the illusion or whatever. Like obvi- the movie was, it made it so obvious there was going to be a twist at the end. And it's like, look, you're looking too closely. Like they repeat that line constantly. You're looking too closely, zoom out, zoom out. And you can see the wider picture. And it's like the, the, the twist didn't really pay off that in an interesting way. It's like no one could have seen that coming, you know, like, yeah, the movie's saying, telling me to look closer or telling me to like to look for the twist. Like it's literally telling me that multiple times. And when when you actually physically can't do it, it's not that. Oh, I wonder if we're all just so oblivious that it's actually like there actually is like details in it, and like we just don't know. I d- yeah, ma- that, hey, that could be true. I haven't gone into it too far, but as far as I'm aware, there's not. You know, it gets it gets pretty crazy, but. Anyway, yeah, I'll check out the second one. I liked the cast. It was really cool. I did not expect Michael Caine to show up. That was fun. I like Michael Caine. Michael Caine. No. No? But he, no. he has that... I definitely... He has the ca- that cadence, though, right? Like, he... No. You know? Like, that's how... That's the cadence in which he would say his name. Michael Caine. You know? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, like, I can see your brain stretching to like try and, and try and justify, like, yeah, that was somewhat acceptable. As always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week, we asked you, "What is your favorite TV show opening?" Wait, should we have read out Luke's review while we were talking? Holy about it? shit! <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. Rewind back. I might even like cut it in later, like put it back earlier. Actually, no, that's sort of that's sort of inauthentic. I don't know, whatever. Luke wrote in a review for the Mitchells versus the Machines. He said, "It's a great review, by the way." He said, "I was quite surprised with the Mitchells versus the Machines. It was really funny. Uh, I thought I would get tired of the how did you go cuts to scene of mayhem, great no trouble at all, quote unquote style of humor, but I absolutely didn't." 
the animation was great and I thought the addition of movie effects and cartoons on screen was great. So he disagrees with us a bit there. I chuckled out loud more than once while watching this movie. Five out of ten. <laughs> Embracing the meme. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. And uh, if I don't decide to insert that earlier, I'm so sorry that... I've never done that before. I've never forgotten to that extent. As always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, what is your favourite TV show opening? The goat himself, Luke, said, I have a soft spot for the opening monologue for Arrow. It was a hype that is, a prox- that is appropriate Sorry for the level and quality of television. It works really well with the main theme of the show, and it's great when the theme reappears at the end of the show. It's a great way to start and finish. The opening to Merlin was also great, and the quote-unquote Merlin arrives at Camelot theme is hype. But I'm objective enough to know that the best TV show opening is Game of Thrones. If you haven't seen the Peter Dinklage version, please watch it. I think everyone's seen that. Like, I think everyone on planet Earth has seen that, so I'd be surprised if there's anyone who hasn't. Oh, that's fine. Is the Arrow one, I think I've vaguely, I've never seen a full episode, but isn't it the one where it's like he's giving, he just gives the monologue of his backstory and it's like shows yeah. the crash plane and is that yeah. what it is? Right. I think Spooky's right. I think like, that's actually kind of, it's kind of decent, yeah. It sort of reminds me of the Avatar one that I'm yeah, experiencing at the moment, where it's just like, here's the backstory of the world. Before you give your answer, Penny, can I guess yours? Please. Sopranos? No. No? Any Any said, (laughs) once again, I'm not a very serious TV show person like every other Gen Z person on the planet. I I don't think we're Gen Z, are we? I know we are. Yeah, yeah. I I think we are. Yeah, we are. So my choices are limited, but my favourite opening is probably Bob's Burgers, a very nice intro that only goes for 20 seconds. I smile whenever I watch the intro because of how warm and cheeky it is. <laughs> a type of intro that should make people feel lively, unlike the show itself because it's a cynical dark comedy after all. Yeah, Family Guy, obviously, um, is my answer. No, no, of course not. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of tossing up between like Westworld and Doctor Who. Doctor Who, obviously, because of how iconic it is, great. But Westworld is also just brilliant. You know, I love like Ram and Jawadi's undulating theme, and I love the the graphics. You know, like that kind of like the horse that's getting like three D printed or whatever. You know, like um, and the Westworld opening's great. Uh, I'd say that's probably my my answer. That's a great answer. Do any Ram and Jawadi music just gets you going? Gets me going anyway. What about you, Fitzy? Succession is my favorite opening. Um. It's one of those TV shows that like uses the opening theme and like constantly like reworks it in different versions in the actual um and then the show. So um the the opening theme is like really energetic and there's all these like sharp instruments and violins and everything and then sometimes in the show you'll see the like the same theme with like these slow organs and yeah it's just it's an epic it's a great theme and it perfectly kind of encapsulates like the energy of the of the show just listen to that and you kind of get the vibe of succession so that's cool is it but does it do anything interesting like what's it visually what's going on oh it's like um flashbacks to like some earlier point in their lives like at this mansion place and there's just like shots of like New York, pretty much. Look, Jane, your guess with The Sopranos was pretty spot on, and it was going to be my original answer. And then I, I had, a, I, I actually reflected a little bit, 
And I realized, no, I'm kidding myself. It's not. It's Game of Thrones. Like, it is. I'm sorry. Like, I, it just, it just is. You know what I mean? There's nothing else that can instill that kind of hype and introduce you into the world that way. And the fact that I've watched that show entirely twice and, like, literally every single time, I'm like, dude, I'm not skipping this intro. I think that sort of says. Wait, did you, did you rewatch the later seasons? You're saying. Oh, sorry. No, I did not rewatch season eight. I've seen. Sorry. I've seen it all entirely twice except for the last six episodes. I watched season seven twice. Did they, they get know. shorter towards the end? Because like because it's less, less places to introduce, so it doesn't it? Isn't doesn't it get shorter at one point? No, it just it sort of just varies the speed at which it goes. It, the camera pans. Oh, okay. You know the music's the same length. I think. I still feel like I'm I'm one of the few prevalent Game of Thrones ending defenders out there. You know. I feel like you know, I'm happy with it, but I won't openly defend it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Sopranos is awesome as well. It's probably it's probably second. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, there's an art to the TV show opening, and they're not. There's a lot of whatever ones out there. To be honest, like Breaking Bad's amazing. It's the one. It's probably the best show ever made. Its opening's fine. Like, it's you know, it is what it is. Like, there's no. What about Stranger Things opening? Yeah, it's fine. The music's oh. cool. The music's cool, but it's just the, it's just like zooming in on the logo. It's just like we're showing you the T. Now we're showing you the E. Like, That's you know. Fair. Yeah. Shout out to Black Sales. I can't. Of course. Of course. Black Sales is one of those openings where, like, I, I was in the first season. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool opening. That's all right. And then, like, by season four, I'm like, like, freaking banging my head. I'm like, dude, this shit's, this shit's, <laughs> it slaps. It's great. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect. I actually thought we were going longer than we did. We didn't go all that crazy long, so that's good. Uh, Fitzy, what are we watching next week? Mm, I know you report it's on stand. So that was very efficient. That was this very is efficient. the Tom Cruise one, not 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 the Arnie one. Oh wait, no, sorry, that's Total Recall. That that's a remake of it. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Arnie's in Total Recall. Yeah. Wait, wait which one came first? Minority Report is a remake of Total Recall. No, no, I, I, because I, 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 um, I, I thought that Minority Report was a remake of something earlier, but then I remembered no, it's Total Recall. That's, you know. Yeah, the, there's a Colin yeah. Farrell. Total yeah, the Colin Recall. Farrell remake of Total Recall, yeah. Was it short, uh, short? Yeah, I got it mixed up. All right, I'm down. This movie, I know it's sci-fi, this movie's in the vein of a, of a you know, Tom Cruise, like like Oblivion, for example. I'm here for it. Except it's good. So. We got You're alone right in that opinion, by the way, Liam, on this show. I love it. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining me, as always. Thank you for everyone who listened up until this point. We'll see you all next time. Have a great rest of your week and goodbye.